0: Texas A&M has been making all kinds of moves over these last three to four years to build itself up to compete against the likes of Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. They just brought in the best recruiting class in modern history, and now the Aggies appear to be set to finally not only upset Alabama a time or two, but maybe take over the SEC West and get to Atlanta in the SEC Championship game. Is it this season in 2022? Well, we turn to Andrew Hattersley with Gig'Em 24-7 to discuss the Aggies prospects in 2022. Uh, Andrew, so first off, let's just start for those who may not know, and you have to be under a rock if you didn't know this. A&M signed the best recruiting class in modern history this past February, but this has been something really that's been in the works for the last three to four years. They've been building up to this number one class, and they've been stockpiling talent for quite some time.
1: Yeah, no doubt, and um, Jimbo Fish has really upgraded their recruiting... I think on a really national scale, they've they've made themselves a presence on the East Coast in you know Florida. Um, even had a couple guys from the Northwest over the past couple of years. And so um, they've they've really upgraded the recruiting and I think addressed a lot of needs in this in this past class. But the biggest focus has been on the defensive line and the offensive line. And, you know, Jimbo Fisher's kind of pointed out to win in the SEC, you've got to address that area. And that's really where they kind of targeted last year with guys like Walter Nolan and Shamar Stewart and know White and Malik Silla. And the list goes on and on of guys that they brought in. And Anthony Lucas is another guy that's impressed this year. I mean, the list really goes on and on of of some of those defensive line guys they've brought in to reinforce that message.
0: All right, so going into this season, the, the Aggies, of course... They've got a quarterback battle going on right now as we speak here in preseason camp between Haynes King who started, you know, the first two games last season before he was injured and then Max Johnson the former LSU starter who transferred in and the offseason what's that battle look like and for that matter forward looking does the offense change it all depending on who the starter is. I don't think it changes necessarily. And, and Jimbo
1: Fisher has kind of mentioned, you know, they're, they're going to call plays to who, whatever the player's strengths are. But I, I think they really believe that The floor is going to be a lot higher this year, regardless of which guy wins the job and and the potential with both guys they really like. They really feel like they can win with both guys. You know, when Haynes King went down last year, you know, Zach Calzada had had a tremendous game against Alabama, but otherwise struggled with turnovers and just being able to move the offense consistently enough. And so I think AM really feels like with Haynes King and Max Johnson, whoever wins that job is going to be able to get the offense into the right plays, move the ball got a great running game to lean on with Devon chain which really helps and amari Daniels right. but you know i think the the biggest goal has been upgrading the perimeter talent which' um, which i'm sure we'll get into and in- being able to push the ball down the field and, and utilize some of those weapons. And I, I think they feel like with both Haynes King and Max Johnson, they have the guys to do that.
0: Yeah, that's been one of the criticisms I've had and, and others have had about the Jimbo Fisher offense at AM and m is being able to consistently stretch the field, get some of those big plays, because that's kind of what's seen as the, the weakness of some teams that try to be consistent in beating an Alabama year-to-year or a Georgia and being able to get to the championship game. But as you said, AM and m has certainly gotten a lot of talent off the record recruiting trail to fix that. And one quick note, I know AM you mentioned the, the quarterback issues there at times. Quarterback rating last year, I think it was second to last in the SEC. There's a lot yeah. of drops by the receivers if you look at inside the numbers. So what does that room look like this season at receiver? Because I know I've got my eyes on the newcomer five-star receiver, Evan Stewart.
1: No doubt. So Evan Stewart, pretty much from day one, has been in the rotation. And for a freshman, has really impressed Jimbo Fisher and those around the staff with the work habits that he has. And it's, uh, for me, I live up in Dallas and and know him from the high school scene and know that he would show up at any camp anywhere to, to train. And so um, for me, it wasn't surprising, but for a freshman, they haven't had to teach him some of those things, like how much film to watch and getting out and working on kind of the off days. They, they haven't had to worry about that at all. And so he's really jumped in. And there's a lot of optimism, obviously, about him being able to have an immediate Boost, he's still going to have some of those freshman moments, which is understandable, but I think he can really be one of those guys that helps stretch the field, and, you know, looking at the rest of the receiver room, obviously, Anaya Smith is back, and I think you could see a and kind of move him around a little bit, like they did a little bit 2 years ago when he kind of played some running back played running some receiver back, yeah. and and you know he's kind of got the versatility to do that Chase Lanes back a guy that's really impressed I know there's a there's, there was a lot of talk coming into the uh coming into this spring about Chris Marshall and Evan Stewart and rightly so both are five stars uh but Noah Thomas is another guy that has made has made a really good impression makes some difficult catches And so, you know, I think they, and then you've got guys like Jalen Preston who are back as well. And so the competition in that room and Chase Lane as well is, is a veteran guy as well. So the competition in that room, I think is really kind of elevating everybody and you know, you're going to have to earn playing time because there's a lot of guys that are kind of in there. And I think they've, they feel like they've upgraded that room as well.
0: So the offensive output this season, better than last season, you think? I think better and and much more
1: consistent too. I think that's the key is uh, when you look at games like the Ole Miss game the Arkansas game, um, the Colorado game, of course, A&M was stagnant for you know, full halves, even three quarters in the Colorado game. and I don't think you'll see that as much this year. I think this this offense will be much more consistent and therefore lead to more points. Do I think they're going to be slinging it down the field you know thirty times a game? No, I don't think so. but I think consistently consistency with the running game and moving the ball, I think you'll see a better offense by with a and m in in twenty twenty two much
0: more on the Aggies with Andrew Hattersley after this.
2: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
0: All right, so let's talk defense. You know, it's it's crazy. We go from the Kevin Sumlin era to the Jimbo Fisher era, and it's kind of we we've seen things kind of flipped. You know, everybody talked about the A and M offense. Now it was the de- now it's the defense. The last couple of years, DJ Durkin comes in after co-leading the Ole Miss defense last season, really turning that thing around. They they, they went from just absolutely terrible to respectable in one year's time. So what's the expectation there at A and M? They're sticking with their four two five base defense, which a lot of teams are utilizing nowadays. Anyway, a lot of ret- turning talent in the secondary, what does that defense look like?
1: I feel like, I think AM and m feels like that there's not going to be a whole lot of drop-off there. Obviously, the defensive line has got some guys to replace with DeMarvin Leal and Jaden Peavy and Michael Clemens and Tyree Johnson going off to the NFL, but um, guys like Fadil Diggs and Tamise Adelaide and, and some of those younger guys as well, like Anthony Lucas and Shamar Stewart, have a chance to really step in right away, and one important note from this, and you know Marcus Burris and, and some of those guys as well that have been on campus for, for a couple of years are ready to step in. I think one important no. Jimbo Fisher mentioned this. This this fall is is McKinley Jackson is is back healthy. I guess he was battling a bit of a shoulder injury last year, and you could kind of see it in his effectiveness. And you know, it didn't quite follow up his freshman year the way I think many were hoping. But um, you know, he's healthy now, and and has a, had a really good fall camp, and um, that would be huge in the middle of the defense, especially having to replace a guy like Jaden Peavy. Linebacker wise, Ed- Edrin Cooper is is a guy that I think any of really excited about. I think the depth there is one concern um you know they've got guys like Andre White and Chris Russell and and Lee ready to step in but if injuries kind of hit that linebacker room at any point this year young guys are going to have to step in like Marshall Harris and Ish Harris and so I think if there's one concern on the defense it would be there and in the secondary they're extremely deep obviously Damani Richardson and Antonio Johnson are back. Jordan Gilbert's expected to step into that that other safety spot with keeping Antonio Johnson in the nickel. And then on the quarter on the cornerbacks, um, you know, you've got Jalen Jones and Miles Jones and Brian George and, and Tariq Chappelle kind of battling it out for those starting spots. And, you know, Denver Harris is in there as well. There's just a ton of guys that are are competing for those spots. And um, you know, injuries kind of hit that room last year, but I think you know in a way it could, could be kind of a blessing this heading into this year because there's a lot of guys who have experience. So I don't think they think there should be a lot of drop-off, even though they might have some new faces in there.
0: So you mentioned the defensive line and you can't, can't, you know, talk about the defensive line, Texas A&M without talking about the recruiting class they just brought in. They you have know, four, mm-hmm. Blue chip five star guys, best defensive line maybe ever signed on paper in college football history. Yeah. Who contributes immediately? Who are we going to see out there? I think Anthony Lucas
1: is a guy that'll really benefit from having a spring. Uh, you know, with with someone like Shamar Stewart, I think he could be maybe somebody later in the year that that gets up to speed. But he came in during the summer, and so you know he he might be a guy that that might be someone who takes a bit of time to get up to speed on the college game I think you'll see Walter Nolan in the rotation immediately you know people have one of the things people have mentioned about him and and I know it's something our, our analysts mentioned is he's so he's just so lean like he's he doesn't look like a 320 pound guy he looks way leaner than that but uh, you know he's off to a really good start and and you know you White's a guy that I think will, will kind of be in the same mold of as Shamar Stewart maybe a guy that contributes later but they um they have him, they have a lot of depth along that that kind of edge, edge Russian. So, with Fadil Diggs ready to kind of step in there. So, I think the two guys, Anthony Lucas and Walter Nolan, are probably the two that right off the bat are, are ready to step in.
0: Okay. So, how many newcomers do you think end up playing this season overall on the team?
1: I think you could see, racking through my numbers in the head, probably. Maybe five to, to ten to contribute consistently you know i think you're going to have a lot of those those younger tight ends you know donovan yeah. green and theodore melin ostrom and and jake johnson i think are th- all three could see time this season and you got evan stewart um and then i think you're going to get some of those guys along the defensive line like anthony lucas and walter nolan and so i think you'll you, you could see in in that range and then you know it could be more but i think that's the that's kind of the idea right now where they'd like to be i think you know, they could have a guy like Cam Dewberry along the offensive line that could be a guy later in the year that, that contributes. But I don't necessarily think they're going to have to be forced to play any of the freshmen right away. I think they, they have good depth along the offensive line that, that those guys might be might have the chance to sit a year and,
0: and, and get in the strength and conditioning program. So this year... What is the floor, what is the ceiling as far as record and what to expect out of this a team? And on October 8th, the game that everybody's got circled on their calendar, can they go to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama and do so in back-to-back years?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think this is this is kind of a really important year for for a and m just in terms of I think probably getting you know getting to the college football playoffs is probably that ceiling and I think it's I think there's there's paths that you can see it happening the floor I think uh, with this team is probably nine wins I think I think there would be some disappointment about nine wins but I think the floor is probably there and I think the expectation is probably a ten win season uh, you know the Alabama game. It's gonna to be tough. It's it's hard to go into Tuscaloosa and win. There's no question about that. I think A and M feels like they can do that. They have the confidence coming off of last year that you know even the struggles that they had last year, everything was able to click in that game and go to and 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 beat beat Alabama and jump out to that early lead. So I think there's confidence in the A and M program that they can go do that again. Gonna be difficult. And then, you know, they've just got to avoid kind of some of those slip ups that they had last year that there's a road stretch in October that the Alabama game right in the middle of it, that the schedule is pretty, pretty brutal through that from the Miami game through late, late October. And so I think A&M feels like if they can avoid any slip ups in October, you know, 9, 10, 11 wins is kind of where they want to be.
0: Andrew Hattersley, thanks for joining us here on the College Football Daily. Check them out at uh, Gig'Em 24-7 for all the latest on the Aggies as they try to continue their rise in the SEC and potentially to the college football playoff. For our producer Lance Glenn, I'm Brandon Marcello. We'll talk to you next time.